This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Off we go to the Freie Universiteit of Amsterdam. Well, I don't think we're quite at the university yet. We might be close and on our way there soon. Professor Dion Foster, good morning, Dion. Morning, morning, Brad. Yes, it's uh, quarter past seven, 20, just before 20 past seven. So it is still pitch black outside. Really? Uh, it'll start getting light, I guess, in another hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> so I normally start my commute to work on my bicycle in the dark. <laughs> how far is and that? I come home You're... in the dark. As he's explaining um, and how far are you I already... Hello. Uh, that uh, normally about it's about twenty kilometers uh, to work and twenty back, but it's incre- it's it incredibly flat. I mean, it's all flat, and of course, it's manicured bike lanes. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. so, I know it's different, but still, that's quite a distance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I must say, and it's a wonderful blessing when the weather is really bad. Uh, you know, when it's snowing or whatever, then I I catch a bus and uh, get to the nearest station, which is Abkoda, and then from there catch a train into Amsterdam wow. Zeit. But uh, I try to ride my bike. When I get to work, I feel like I've been on holiday. <laughs> yeah, that views. Um, I know Dion shared his like a GoPro video um, mm-hmm. of his trip through to work. Sped <gasps> up quite nicely. Oh. A, a, a beautiful. Nice and flat for the most part, Dion, which I guess helps as well. It, absolutely. The only little rises are sometimes they, they build the cycle path to go on it like a, a, a bridge over a major road. Or on a little underpass under a railway line or a major road. And that's it. So you can do 100 kilometers and climb 10 meters. You know, normally when I do the Cape Town cycle tour, that's what you do in the first five kilometers. You know? Yeah, we're, wow. going to, we're going to miss you and, uh, and Bromi and your shirt and tie and uh, the good work you do there. But I'm sure you'll find other ways to serve as you always have been here in South Africa while you're on that side, Dion. No, absolutely, absolutely. Brad, now listen, let's uh, yeah. quickly turn to our, our topic for today because I think it relates to that to that thing of, of, of service. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, one of the questions I get asked all the time is, you know, why, why did you come to the Netherlands? And particularly get asked that by Dutch people, international people, because, you know, South Africa is a magnificent place. I mean, just about everybody that I know or meet longs to you know, to come there mm. and, you know, most of my colleagues would dream of having the kind of job that I had at Stellenbosch University, a very beautiful uh, institution and living in a beautiful place in, in, in Cape Town, Somerset West. And they say, so why would you come to the dark and cold? And <laughs> yeah. You know, and behind all of this, Brad, as you know, obviously is this this issue of, of God's calling. I mean, we Megan and I have tried our whole lives only ever to respond to God's call to say, Lord, we, we only want to do the thing that you ask us to do, that you invite us to do, that you, you lead us to do. Uh, it's not about place. Uh, it's not about people, as difficult as that is. Mm. It's only about knowing and serving you. And, and of course, you know, sometimes in our lives we've got that right and very often we've got it wrong. And uh, you can imagine, you know, during the last couple of months, uh, housing is still a crisis in the Netherlands. And, you know, it's new people. You're un- unknown you can't get things done. There have often been times where I've had to sit down and say, Lord, did, did we make the right choice? Yeah. Did we hear you correctly? I miss my colleagues, my students, familiar places, people, routine so much. And um, the Lord's really been speaking to me. This week, last week, Sunday, 
um, the, the passage which was read in many churches around the world in the lectionary was Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. And that's that, that beautiful passage where Jesus goes to find the disciples uh, along the Sea of Galilee and calls them to follow him. And, you know, Brad, when I read that passage hmm. again this week and I heard it preached, it's presented, particularly in Mark's gospel, in such a matter-of-fact way. You know? <laughs> yes. Here are these people, they're doing the thing that they've always done, and Jesus just walks up to them and says, uh, Simon, follow me. And he drops his nets and, and, and he follows Jesus, you know. And, uh, you know, James and John, follow me. And they, they leave their father and they follow him. And I was struck by that again. So, so two, two little things that struck me this week. Um, Actually, three things. The first one is the one I've been talking about, Brad. There is no more worthy thing. Nothing will give you greater security, greater peace, uh, greater fulfillment than, than asking Jesus to call you, than saying to the Lord, Lord, would you, would you call me to the thing you want me to do? And, of mm -hmm. course, you know, for most of us, the thing that Jesus calls us to do is probably the thing we're already doing. But he calls us to do it in a way which is, which is special, it's unique. It's about him. It's about glorifying him and fulfilling his will. But but there can be no greater fulfillment, no better way to spend your life than saying, Lord, call me. The second thing that, that strikes me about this is that um, very often when we follow the call of Jesus, it is going to take a little bit of, of uh, courage to do so. You know, it's not an easy thing. You can imagine these disciples, they had boats and they had nets. That was a massive investment. Yeah. Uh, they already had a trade that they were accustomed to doing, which was feeding their families and probably a bit more than that, providing for, for their community. Um, certainly we read in, in the case of, of, uh, of, of John and, and James, they have to leave their father behind. Now, in, in the ancient Near East, that, that's a sort of a, a signal of something very important, to leave a living father behind. Um, it, it would have been something that would have created a tremendous stir in the community who are these rebellious boys do they not love their mother and father are they not being obedient you know it, it would have been not only a sacrifice of love but it would have been something that would have pitted them in a sense against what their culture and their tradition expected of them the third thing that strikes me about this passage brad and this is the thing that gives me hope and courage is that you realize that jesus will never call anyone to do anything that he himself is not doing. Wow. So, so Jesus doesn't say to them, go there. <laughs> he doesn't say to them, I want you to go and do that. What does Jesus say? He says, come and follow me. In other words, I want you to walk along the way that I'm walking. I'm not asking you to do something that I wouldn't do, that I'm not doing. Uh, what I'm asking you to do is to come to the source of your blessing, the source of your abundance, the source of your fulfillment, the source of your life's love. Come and follow me. So, Brad, I don't know. There might be some of our listeners today who are feeling stuck, and maybe the Lord is wanting to say, come, just just listen. I, I want to call you into something. There might be some folks who've taken that step. Uh, I, I felt there in the last couple of months who are saying, oh, my goodness, Lord, what have I done? What have I left behind? And the Lord is saying, just just stick with me. I've got, I've got a plan for you. And there might be some who are saying, Lord, I, I, I feel a bit afraid of what you're asking me to do. Remember that Jesus will never call you to do anything that he himself is not doing. Diona, I'm, I'm just listening to some of the things you've been thinking about. This might feel like a slightly off topic, but maybe it isn't. Jesus often got away on his own. Sometimes he would take the core of his disciples with him, but he spent a lot of time on his own and a, a lot of power 
came from that for him in terms of what he preached and, and, and what he did. I think his ability to do what he did. Um, this might seem a bit personal, but you're on your own for the next little while till the rest of your family eventually get to join you. Are you finding this is actually quite a powerful time for you? You know they're coming eventually. It's not like you're there on your own indefinitely. Do you find being on your own like this is actually helping you in your thinking uh, around your faith and your life, um, which some of us don't necessarily make enough time to do? Brad, I think uh, you know. I think the time to, uh, to 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 pray, to 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 read the scriptures, to reflect, to journal. That that's an immeasurable gift. It mm. really is a great gift. And you know, throughout my life, I've tried to to order my life in such a way that I that I prioritize those disciplines. You know, just being silent in the presence of God, uh, being being with the Lord. And there is a there is a gift to that. You know, mm. I've certainly. I mean, that's been one of the gifts of <laughs> of being here. It's been lonely at times, but the body of Christ is a gift. You know, yeah. I, I I go to went to my local church, and immediately there was family. But um, but you know the quiet times have been a gift. It's been a it's been a blessing to be able to just sit with the Lord and and speak and listen and and you know search the scriptures. That has been an immeasurable gift, and so many things have been answered. You know, mm. it's a gift. Well, there you go. I think that's something we all need to prioritize at some point in our lives. We might not be in the same situation as Prof Dion, but for us to make that time, just like Jesus did, to go out and find places to be silent. Op een lichter noot, ek onthou die een doemnie destijds in Pretoria, toe hy die story vertel, toe hy nou nog ongetrouwd was, toe bid hy ook, en hy, hy sou gaan net waar die heren vir hom sê, hy, hy het ook gesê, heren, sê net waar ek moet gaan, ek sal gaan, hy sê, behalve China, hy wou net die China toe gegaan het nie, het was die een plek, hy is toe gelukkig nie so toe gestuur nie, <laughs> maar ons betek hier al voorwaardes het, ons is heren gebruik my, doen wat jy wil, maar asjeblief net nie dit nie. <laughs> <laughs> ja, nou, absolutely, Almarie, en, en, en ek het die gevoel, you know, that sometimes if we just give ourselves over to God, I mean, I have friends who are, are moving to Egypt, to Cairo in the sure. next uh, couple of weeks, you know, and uh, when I look at them, I think, oh, my goodness, you know, they're going to, to Cairo. I'm in <laughs> Amsterdam. You know? yeah. I, I can understand everything and it's moi and it's, it's, it, you get, uh, then I, you know, I can feel the Lord saying, hey, Dion, you know, get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a pleasure, Dion. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, hopefully we've sown into your life as much as you have into ours this morning. Have that safe cycle through. Uh, stay warm and we'll connect again soon. Thanks, my friends. God bless you. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.